read the Psalms. Amen? This morning, if you have your Bible, we're going to look in Psalm number 1. Psalm number 1. I'm going to ask you if you stand to your feet this morning as we reverence the reading of God's precious word. Psalm number 1. The Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. That's the reading of Psalms 1, verses 1 through 6, if correctly read. Today I want to preach on this thought, God being my helper. Blessed by the book. The biggest difference you see in this chapter are those who are in the Word and those who are not. And I promise you, if you'll get yourself and your family in the book, in the Word of God, it will make an eternal difference in your life. Father, would you help us this morning as we try to preach the Word? Help us, Father, by the power of the Spirit that we might rightly divide it and share the Word of God with your people. Help us this morning, God, I pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Now, there's no doubt that I understand that the world hates the Word of God because the Word of God brings conviction over our sins. But I don't understand why there's such a move away from the Word of God in our churches. Many of God's people are no longer reading God's Word, such as it was in the days of Manasseh, who closed down the house of God, moved people away from reading the Word of God. No longer would they read or worship and they would not attend to the things of God. But God raised up an eight-year-old boy by the name of Josiah who began to serve God and began to restore the house of God and return the people of God back to the Word of God. Remember the high priest said, I have found the book. And Josiah returned the people to the Word of God. Such as it was in the days of captivity. When the walls of Jerusalem were broken down and the gates were burned with fire, but God raised up Nehemiah to lead in the rebuilding of the wall in Jerusalem and return to the Word of God. I do not understand this move away from the Word of God. And I begin to notice also in our lives when we have moved away from the Word of God, we have become miserable and unhappy it has become an age of rage as we move away from the Word of God. But if you read the Word, the Bible says, Blessed is the man 
The word blessed means favor. It means happy. Uh, this is not based on circumstances. I believe the word of God is more than sufficient. It shows us about the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ and lets us know about His marvelous grace. It has the power to transform us into the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so I want to submit, when we're the Word of God, we're not only blessed, but we should be happy. We are favored of Almighty God. Psalm number 1 is not the first psalm that was written. Psalm 90 is the first psalm that was written. Psalm 126 may very well have been the last psalm that was written. But I believe this psalm is placed first because it is of utmost importance. In Psalm 35, 27, I want to say this to you. The Lord is, um, the Lord is committed that He wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to be successful. He wants, God, he wants His blessings to flow in your life. Psalms 35, 27 says, Let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of His servant. God wants to bless His people. God wants us to be blessed in the Word of God. Our problem is we've moved away from His Word, and as we move away from His Word, we're moving away from His blessing. When I look at people now that are unhappy, the Bible tells us that a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. You know why you're not smiling? You know why you're not happy? You know why you feel like you're not favored? It's because you don't have a merry heart. It's because you're not in the Word of God as you once were. When I look at Psalm number 1, I want to say four things, and I'm going to move quick. Number one, I want us to look in verse number 1 and see the separate, he is separated from the world. Separated from the world. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. In other words, he's moved away from wicked counselors. He's moved away from the advisements of the world. You and I must learn to say no to the world. We must not have the world advising us or counseling us what to do. I do not get my counsel off Facebook. The Bible says the world is passing away and the lust thereof. You and I must stop walking in the world's vain philosophies and in the world's ideologies. Get yourself out of that thinking, out of that rationale, and get your focus on the things of God. Do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You must reject the world's advice. You must reject the world's attitude. You must reject the world's uh, actions. Now, this verse is telling you as a Christian what you should not do. You should not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So we should not be walking according to these wicked counselors. Second of all, he says, nor standeth in the way of 
sinners. You should not be standing in the midst of wrong company. I used to be a sinner, and I, and I walked with sinners, and I stood with sinners, and I did sinful things. But once I got saved, I'm no longer standing where I used to stand. I'm not standing in the way of sinners anymore. I've moved away from those things. Have you moved away being separated from these ungodly things? Have you moved away from sinners and having fellowship with them all the time? There's a third thing. Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. That speaks about wayward companions. The, listen, I want, to turn, I want to turn to Scripture. Proverbs 22, verse number 10. We're coming back to Psalms. Turn me to Proverbs 22, verse number 10. The psalmist has said, Do not see it in the seat of the scornful. Preacher Darren, what is someone who is scornful? They're filled with pride. They have rebellion. They're unteachable. They're uncorrectable. They're filled with dissension. They're filled with resistance. They're backbiters. They are complainers, those that are scornful. Psalm, or excuse me, Proverbs 22:10. Cast out the scorner. Cast out the one who's rebellious. Cast out the one uh, who is backbiting and complaining and murmuring. And contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. God from his word says, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You move away from their advice, from their ideologies, nor stands in the way of sinners. Do you see the digression? You've gone from walking to pausing to stand with them. And the next thing you know, you've sat down with them. You've began to fellowship with them. You've began to pick up their thinking. It's a digression, not a progression. It's a digression. God says, I want you, if you run around with a scornful, you'll, feel, you'll pick up that same scorn. My mama used to tell me, if you run with dogs, don't be uh, surprised when you get fleas. Amen. So we are supposed to be separated from the world. Number two, back to our text. We're supposed to be saturated in the Word. Verse 2. Now, he's told us in verse 1 what we don't do, right? Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Wow! His delight, that is his appreciation, that is his love for the things of God, his love for the Word of God. I can tell a lot about your spiritual condition based upon your attitude towards the Word of God. Preacher, then what do you mean? Do you delight in God's book? I didn't ask you if you have one. I didn't ask you if you've read one. I didn't ask you if you can quote one. I didn't ask you if your family's got one laying on the coffee table. I didn't ask you if you know about it. I ask you, do you love it? Do you delight in it? We can tell if you love it and you delight in it by where you spend your time. If you're spending your time in the things of the world rather than the things of God, it might be that we could 
assume from that that you love the things of God, the things of the world, more than you love the things of God. Is your delight in the law of the Lord? What is your attitude towards the things of God? Uh, you spend your time there. Charles Spurgeon, and I quote him, made this statement that many people have so much dust on their Bible, you could write with your finger the word damnation. Charles Spurgeon was invited home with someone from his church for dinner, for lunch. When he got there, they were, he was waiting for them to put the food out on the table. And so he slipped over towards the library and he saw there an open Bible. The open Bible was warm and its pages were, were, were tattered. And, and had, you could tell that that Bible had been read many a time and studied. And Charles Spurgeon said, he looked at it and said, oh God. Give me a hunger and a desire for the Word of God as this family must hunger and thirst for the Word of God. Lord, let me go through the Word of God. Then he said, Yea, Lord, don't just let me go through the Word of God. Let the Word of God go through me. Is your delight in the law? Is your delight in the Word? Is your delight in the book? Amen. Earthly books are given for information. God's book is given for transformation. If you'll carry the Word of God when you're young, it will carry you when you're old. There should be an appreciation for the Word of God. And read the second part. And in His law doth He meditate day and night. This is an application or an appropriation of the Word of God. What does it mean to meditate on the Word of God? Not just focus, but to think on it. I'm going to give you a poor example. Son, I had gone to preach revival and somewhere I'd never been before and the first night of the meeting, their pastor could not be there. He was called away for whatever, I forget what had happened, sickness or something, and I, they wanted to go ahead and have the meeting. So I went in and I preached, I gave the invitation, the people responded, good move to the altar. They went back to their seats. They were still standing. And I said, okay, we're going to pray and we'll be dismissed. I prayed. I said, you're at liberty to go. They sat down. Not one person got up and went across the aisle, shook a hand, said, good day, good to have y'all. Thank y'all for being here. Nobody moved. They sat back down and they, and I was like, what are y'all doing? I have dismissed the service, and nobody is moving. And I started asking. I thought, what, what are we, what's going on? What am I missing? They said, our pastor has instructed us that when you preach, before we leave, we need to meditate on what you've taught us. How many times do you sit down and muse and meditate and think on the Word of God? When was the last time at Bethel that I dismissed the service and you didn't jangle your keys all the way out to the door to try to get home to the house? That you sat back down and you meditated on God's Word. Listen, the Bible says in Joshua chapter 1, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest do all that is written therein. Then 
Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. I'll ask a question. Does anybody here want to be successful? The word success is in your Bible one time. And it has to do with you being in the Word of God. God wants you to be prosperous. God wants you to be successful. His advisement to you is to get in the Word of God. The world will not tell you that the Word of God will cause you to have success. The world will do just the opposite. They'll do all they can to move you away from the Word of God. I'm asking you to sit down and read God's Word and then meditate on it. Maybe a verse here or a verse there. Muse it. Run it back through your mind. Focus on it. Your mind is powerful. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. They say, preacher, Darren, this is crazy. Will you all look at me for a second? My family and I went to a theme park, an amusement park. They got me in one of these theaters where you have to stand. And everybody stands single file beside this rail. And when we all got in there, they closed the doors and they shut the lights off. Great, we're a bunch of people standing at a rail in a dark room. And all of a sudden on the screen came a roller coaster. And the roller coaster must have been mounted, a, pro a projector, a camera must have been mounted to the front of that roller coaster. Because we were going up, 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 up to the top of that roller coaster. And all of a sudden we started going down it. I wasn't even moving, but my mind thought we were, and I started leaning forward into that rail. And then we went around the turn, and I started leaning this way into my family on the left and to some strangers on the right. And I, I thought, what am I doing? Get a grip, get a grip. We're not even moving. Have y'all ever been to one of them? Y'all all lean into each other. Look at this crowd right here. And there wasn't even, you see, my mind, what my mind was concentrating on is what my body did. Do you follow me? Get yourself in the Word of God. And what you get your mind on, what you get your heart in, that's what you're going to do. Do you see why you're so unhappy? Do you, I tell you why, it's because you've got your mind on things that are unpleasant. You've got your things that on my you got your mind on things that are not godly. And it's gotten us in trouble. Are y'all okay? Notice the attachment that the man of God or the Christian must have to the Word of God. Thirdly, this person, if he's blessed by the book, he'll be situated by the water. The Bible says in verse 3: He shall be like a tree planted. By the rivers of water. So that speaks of, first of all, his position. The psalmist says he's like a tree planted. In other words, he didn't just seed from there. He didn't just come up from there. He didn't just spring up from that position. He was intentionally dug out a spot and put in that place and put the earth back around him and said, I planted you here. Hey, when God saved you, he dug you up from this old wicked world and uprooted you and put you by the rivers of water and planted you there and put you in and said, stand for the glory of God and be a tree. I'm going to make you prosperous. I'm going to make you successful. 
I'm going to bless you. I favor you. Well, hallelujah. Look at his position. The rivers of water. What are the rivers of water? Well, I could take verses and I've got them written down. That the water, the rivers, represents the word of God. So God planted you in a place where the word of God can get to you. You can draw from its resources. You can glean from its promises. And it will be there to nourish you. It will replenish you and it will cause you to flourish. That's river number one. Rivers. Does your Bible say rivers? Plural. The other river would be the Holy Ghost. Would be the Holy Spirit. He has you in a place that the Holy Spirit and the Word of God can connect to you and He causes you in that planted place to prosper. That you may grow. That you may flourish. That you may stand for the glory of God. May I just stop to point out there's more water available than the tree will ever need. There's more here than I can get my mind wrapped around. There's more here than I can ever claim, amen. Don't tell me it's empty. Don't tell me it's void. Don't tell me it's null. Don't tell me it's vain. Honey, the Word of God will do for you what no other book could ever do, amen. Look at his productivity. He says, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. He brings forth fruit. Now you look at that tree. Yes, it's planted by the rivers of water. He's got the Holy Ghost. He's got the Word of God. But how's he going to bear fruit? Well, the fruit begins by his hidden life. Oh, I knew it, preacher Darren. You got a double life. There's a root system to a tree. When you look at the tree, you see the trunk and the limbs and the and the leaves and the fruit if it bears any. But what you don't see is the root system. And the root system is its hidden life. It's rooted in the Word of God. It's rooted in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You and I to this world have a hidden life. We have a connection to glory. Amen. We're rooted in Christ Jesus. Rooted in the Word of God. The health of the tree is its root system. Whether it bears fruit or not is based upon its root system. If it has healthy roots and it's nourishing and it's flourishing, it will bear fruit. The Bible says, in his season. What season you, honey, you can't live in winter forever. Some of us have never bore fruit for the glory of God. I'm not just talking about winning souls. He that winneth souls is wise. I'm talking about, do you have love? Love, joy. Listen, there are nine of them. Do you, are you bearing fruit for the glory of God? Matthew 7, 19, every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. If you're bearing fruit, what kind of fruit are you bearing? Now, look with me in verse 3 again. Not only his position and his productivity, look at his perpetuity. That is his permanence. Verse 3 says, his leaf also shall not wither. What does that mean, preacher Darren? 
unlike the flowers which fade away or the grass which dies out, a tree that's rooted, nourished, and flourishing gets larger and bigger every single year. It's evergreen. It's not fading away. It doesn't matter if it's winter time and cold outside, it's still green. It doesn't matter if it's sun shining and it's dry outside, it's still green. It's joy. It's, it's a very glory. Is not based on the circumstances that surround it. There will be days of weather, good weather and bad weather. In your life, there will be good circumstances that are favorable. There will be days when it's unfavorable circumstances. But the tree is still planted and the tree is still bearing fruit. It is not based on anything other than being planted by the tree, being planted by the rivers, the water, the Word of God, the Spirit of God. So I'm saying to you, your earthly circumstances should not matter. Your walk with the Lord. Amen? What about its prosperity? Whatsoever he doeth, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Preacher Darren, I've not been prospered. Are you in the Word? I didn't ask you if you have a Bible. Are you in the Word? I didn't ask you if you read it last Sunday when the preacher read it. Are you in the Word? Do you delight in it? Do you love it? I'm not asking if you know it's true or not. I'm asking you, are you reading it every day, meditating on its pages? Blessed is that man, okay? Fourthly, he'll be segregated from the wicked. Now look. The ungodly are not so. There's a contrast to the righteous man who's in the word of God and the ungodly who are not. They are like the chaff which the wind drive, driveth away. The chaff, the wheat, has an outer shell, a grain, which when it's crushed, when it's beat down, you can take that and winnow it and throw it up in the air and when the wind blows, that which is good and has weight to it comes right back down. But that which has no value, that which is useless, that which is worthless, that which is weightless, it is blown away by the wind and you will not even be able to find it anymore. There's nothing more unstable and empty than the chaff. He says it's driven by the wind and they're gone away. It's a sad picture. The chaff is doomed and perishing. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. What do you mean, Preacher Darren, that sinners won't stand in the judgment? I know one day they'll stand before God. What does that mean? Honey, they'll not be standing for long. They'll be bowed, confessing that he is Lord of Lords. To the glory of God. They'll be bowed in his, in his awe, in his glory, and in his power. They're not going to stand there and put their face in God's face and point their finger in God's face and say, you didn't give me the right opportunity. You didn't do me right. Oh, no, honey. They'll not stand in the judgment. They may be standing now, but they'll not stand in the judgment. They'll be bowed down. They'll be begging for mercy. And it will be too late. Verse 6, for the Lord 
knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Very clear. Perish. Done away with. Destruction. Damnation. What was the difference? One group was in the word of God. And they were blessed and favored. The other group rejected. One group received. One group rejected the word of God. Now I have a question for you and I'm done. Do you want to be a life that is blessed of God? You have a choice. God has no pleasure, the Bible says, in judging the wicked. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. But you have a choice. The book of Ecclesiastes says that when a tree is fallen, that's it. He doesn't get a second chance or a third chance. Wherever he falls is where he falls. May I say to you today that you have a choice. You can say, Lord, I want to be blessed. You may say, Preacher Dan, I already am. You've wasted your time. You can be more blessed than you are now. If you think, you look at me, if you think this is as good as it gets, you're crazy. It gets even gooder. It gets even better. Well, Preacher Dan, it's pretty good right now. Honey, you get anchored in the Word of God, under the control of the Spirit of God, and you just watch what He's going to to do and so I bowed myself already and said God I know I'm unworthy and I know Lord that I'm undeserving but God I want to be a life that you'd bless I want to get myself committed to the word of God oh preacher Darren you ought to be committed I'll admit that yeah you stand to your feet this morning Seth won't you come play I believe there's some people here today, you ought to slip up this altar and say, God, would you open to me the treasures of this book? Lord, I know I've been blessed. I haven't blessed to read it. But God, I don't always understand it. I, I can't always apply it and appropriate it in my life. Lord, I want to understand it. Give me wisdom. Help us, God, as a family. Help us, Lord, as a couple. Help me, God, as an individual, that today we might have a love, a delight for the Word of God. Folks are moving. God bless you. Thank you for coming. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Anybody else as we pause this morning? Preacher Darren, are you saying that I don't have it? I'm just telling you that I don't have what I need. I need more of it. I need more of it. Father, this morning as we bow in your presence, we give you praise, glory, and honor. We love the Word of God. We love the Psalms. When we're discouraged, your Word has been such a help and such a, a light in the middle of the darkest of nights. It's been your Word, God, that's kept us going. It's been your Word that has ignited our fire. It's been your Word, God, that keeps us away from the anxiety, and away, God, from the depressiveness of this world. God, I pray you take your promises of this written word and you'd open it to us and you'd give us understanding and, God, you'd give us wisdom. God, that we might be able to 
teach others after you've given to us understanding. Lord, we need it so desperately. God, I love you. I praise you. And I honor you. And I bow today in your glory. And I give you reverence and praise. And I thank you for the permanent place where you planted us. In a place that you've enlarged us. In a place where you've given us what we need. Help us, God, to draw from the word of God. And for this I pray and ask your blessing in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen and Amen.